0: All right, uh, we've got to get our uh, attention turned immediately to the Henry Van case. Mabs, they, um, they started yesterday with um, his testimony, right?
1: Um, yes, they did. I guess after the judge came back and decided that, no, nope, we will be live streaming the testimony. So, yeah, they had to get things going yesterday oh right. well, my 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 was juicy
0: well someone who's uh, been here as a guest on our show before she was um expert at covering the oscar Pistorius trial and here i think an even more gruesome murder certainly uh getting a lot less attention than oscar but still one that is extremely newsworthy is karen Morn from enca she's on the line karen thank you for taking some time out of your day today i know you work very hard covering all of these stories um the Henry Funnbroadar trial's got everybody talking, but nobody really was um, prepared for the fact that he would take the witness stand himself and start to give his own testimony. You listened to all of it yesterday. Uh, what were your impressions?
2: I think it was such a different experience because, obviously, you know, the precedent that we have for this kind of thing is Pistorius. Um, that was the first case where you saw trial evidence, and obviously that was just his audio. Now we're actually seeing Henry von Breda's face. And in contrast to Pistorius, which was so emotional with the blue bucket and the retching and the crying, mm-hmm. you know, here you have a person who, on his own version, his family was basically massacred by the so-called two alleged um, axe murderers, unknown, according to him, and just the calmness was was astounding. I mean, maybe he's just someone who's who's massively in control of his own emotions but I mean he's 22 um his whole family is dead except for his sister who you know hasn't testified and who I understand has you know suffered quite profound uh, neurological damage because of the injuries she sustained and he's just he's absolutely calm I mean it was it was fascinating to watch I don't think I think anyone who was watching it was just literally transfixed waiting to see what was going to happen next.
0: I want to play a clip um, before you carry on and then and we'll get some more insight from you in a second of Van talking about defending himself against an attacker just so that people can get an idea of what he sounded like uh, while he was on the stand. Listen to this. that he, was, he moved your, 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 at some stage, then moved... He's, this is the um, council asking him questions. Yes. The,
1: um, he twisted his arm with a knife downwards and this left my hand rather precariously holding on his um, and as a result of which I realized that I wasn't going to be able to keep hold of his arm. He was busy trying to stab me. Um, um, Just demonstrate again You're using your right hand or right arm being being the attacker, yes. holding the, the, the knife, and which way Clockwise or anti-clockwise? Did he move his arm? From his point of view,
0: clockwise. And I mean, he's so lucid and and uh,
2: composed, right? Well, also that evidence is important because I mean, one of the evidence of the, evidence the state is laid is that there's a thumbprint on the knife. So a lot of that was look. This is you know, I was I was holding it and I touched the knife and sort of saying to the court, this would explain why I would have this thumbprint on this so-called murder weapon, but very composed. I mean, he didn't, there was, you know, he would say things like, I was scared, you know, I was afraid, et cetera. That's why I didn't intervene when the, these people were attacking my family. But there was no real sense of emotion. And, I mean, you could make the argument maybe he's on sedatives, we know he's seeing a therapist, etc., cetera, et cetera. But when one listens to the NetCare 911 phone call that he made Straight after his whole family, except for his sister, is is you know mortally wounded, dying, etc., etc. It's that same monitor. And It's like yeah, you know, you have to turn the street, and then yeah, literally almost... people initially thought, you know, the the people thought this guy's pranking us. Yeah, I mean, he, he he doesn't yeah, sound like bizarre. someone
0: who's just lost his whole family. And even in that call, which we've heard over and over again, I mean, here he is talking about whether or not he asked the neighbors for help. Um, when he was outside. He, he just calmly says, no, he didn't. To it us. was open, what did you do?
1: Um, I went out the back door I, and stopped when I could see down the, um, the side wall of the house. I couldn't see anyone there. And then I went back inside the house. Now, at that stage, Mr. Fomadar, at the back door...
0: In fact, it has happened. Um, Did you call for help to to neighbours at that stage? No, I didn't. I mean, that's all he said. He he, he really, obviously, has been coached into saying as little as possible. But, Karen, did you get the, the impression at all that this is someone who is completely stable? Or did you get the impression that this is someone who's... Uh, who's crazy. I mean, like, in order to be so unemotional, you almost have to be a little bit crazy.
2: Well, I mean, the classic line was when he said, with hindsight, you know, maybe I should have called someone. But I think the picture is as well, uh, you know, on his own version, his sister is upstairs. She's moving her arms. He's talking about his brother making gurgling noises. These people were not dead. So... You know, God help us if you're ever in that situation. But if someone had attacked a sibling of mine and they are gurgling and I think that there's – I'm going to be screaming my head off. I'm going to be calling every emergency service. It gets worse because he didn't call. He said, no, he was googling for the numbers and looking on the fridge and all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he calls his girlfriend first. Like that is what blows my mind. you yeah. saying – To the court, my brother was making gurgling noises. You know, ergo, he's still alive. My sister, I see her moving. You know, he doesn't really go into descriptors. He said there was a lot of blood. You know, there was blood everywhere, etc. But if you, you know, never mind anything else, you'll, you'll, if it's, you know, it's your family, you want them to survive. It just, it just boggles the mind that this would be a reaction. I mean, I think they're going to you know, need to seek some kind of psychologist evidence or something to explain this this kind of choice of of behavior that he made, which seems just totally antithetical to what a normal human being would do.
0: And he's very articulate, and they said that he had a stutter, and that was one of the reasons they didn't want the testimony broadcast. It seems to me he was quite erudite up there.
2: No, we didn't see any sign of the stutter. Remember when he, um, was arguing that, you know, he didn't want his testimony broadcast. His lawyer actually raised the stutter as a point, yeah. um, Peter Poet, and said, look, you know, it's going to be overwhelming. It's stressful for him. And Judge Desai just said, well, you know, I won't hold it against the guy, you know, and and basically mm-hmm. dismissed that argument and said, we're broadcasting this. And, um, you know, when he got on the stand, he, he was, he was, he was fine. I mean, there were even these weird little attempts um at humor where you know he was saying that you know it was he was talking about a particular thing and saying it was reasonably possible and the prosecutor said to him you know do you understand what reasonably possible actually means and he said reasonably and then gave a little smile so it's this weird oh. it's it's kind of when you consider the subject matter of what he's talking about and his demeanor there's there's a, it, i think a lot of people would Look at that and think this is a very strange situation, but I mean maybe this is the guy's personality, maybe beneath all of this you know calm, erudite composed little you know attempts at humor there's deep, deep um you know trauma, et cetera, but we just simply aren't seeing that
0: wow, I mean, it must have been quite um you watched the whole thing and you were paying attention yeah. to all of it i mean it it must have been incredibly unnerving because i get the sense that his lawyer is trying really hard to put some kind of case together but it would seem Mm -hmm. to me that at this stage with in the absence of any other uh, party being charged with a crime here with anyone else being brought in as a potential suspect that this is almost a foregone conclusion and we're just checking the reasonable doubt category
2: yeah, I mean it's difficult because they, um, you know, they, there there's other evidence. There's the evidence of the neighbour that she heard these raised male voices between I think about ten and midnight that night. Um, and you see, the thing is, in South African law, you know, proving a motive is not a prerequisite of guilt. So it's it's going to be one of these cases where the matrix of evidence must be considered by the court in order to reach a conclusion. And, you know, one of the allegations that the state is making is that, you know, he attempted to stage the crime scene. He threw the axe at the wall. He's, you know, through his evidence, trying to give explanations for it. And those explanations are very calm. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Susan Galloway, who is a very, very experienced prosecutor, starts really getting into that cross-examination and lifting up the improbabilities of what he is saying. But... You know, it's 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 going to be a, a case where the judge is really going to have to pull all that matrix and the improbabilities and, and the kind of you know, hardcore um DNA factual evidence, including the evidence of the medical experts which was suggesting that he had actually inflicted the injuries inverted commas that he'd sustained on himself. All of that's gonna have to come into the mix to get a, a conviction. But it's not it's not It's not a huge, it's not a slam dunk, I think. I think it's going to really depend on the judge to sort of look at the whole evidence and craft a judgment that whatever he decides is not going to be subjected to an appeal and a successful appeal.
0: It's a a frightening story. I mean, I can't imagine the kind of carnage and horror that the police found when they eventually got to that house that morning. In, in terms of the law, just a quick question, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of the law, to what extent, if any, does his vibe on the stand, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only, only slightly joking, I don't know what you would call it, demeanor, um to what extent, if any, does his vibe, is it allowed to or should it influence the judge? Because the judge has obviously got to factor in a whole lot of decisions. You go, I just don't buy this deadpan smirk guy's dickhead vibe. Can that be factored into a legal argument? Not in those words. No, but you know no, what I mean. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
2: no. I if Sirach Desai is going to use the word dickhead in his ruling, I would suspect that if he did, we might be all in the SCA in a couple of months' time. But, um, you know, the court can look at things, you know, like, for instance, if we look at the Pistorius example, I mean, the court, um, you know, made, made a lot of pronouncements around, you know, his level of emotion in the court, his level of evidence, and, and, and during the actual, um, commission of the crime and made observations around that and observations of witnesses in terms of that. So, of course, you know, it plays a role, but it cannot be a basis for a determination yeah. of guilt or not guilt because people react to things in different ways. And if someone is highly emotive versus someone that who is not, that can't be a determination by the court as to, you know, whether someone is, is guilty or not or not. However, if someone, you know, shows... It's, it's going to really be down to the cross-examination. How does Susan Galloway then say to him, but, you know, your family is mortally wounded. Why are you not calling ambulance? Like, what, what reasonable person? Also, you know, for me, like, things like, did you not, because he said he saw his brother on the bed. He saw his brother being attacked. He was too scared to intervene. But then subsequently, when this person, this attacker is there, he's all ready to fight with him to defend his own life so why was you know why is there this seeming discrepancy between those two behaviors why does it seem like the one attacker was in the room and the other one was not you know he says now there are these two people now you know if i'm if i'm attacker 1 and attacker 2 and i'm in the house and this pesky little this pesky uh, white boy is now trying to like stop me from doing anything am i not going to go and ho- help my attacker compatriot to mm. deal with this this person. I mean hello. And then of course the other problem, nothing was stolen. Yeah, so nothing. you've got people who manage to get into a security estate, evade CCTV cameras, evade all the higher security that's there, then on, on the camera, way in and out. In and out, of course.
0: And they've never found they, they've never found any breach in that security, have they?
2: No. And then con- then do this this horrific massacre and no one and and you know um you know before these raised voices, etc, et etc, cetera, et cetera, get out, and then you know seemingly because that's what you do, you know, just massacre an entire family and there's there's no real payoff for you why would why would why would you do that and I mean, Henry von Breda and the family members have all acknowledged this was not a a family that you know was was engaged in, in questionable or illicit activities they were you know very reputable family There was no bad blood with the business So it it just doesn't make sense I think for any any right-thinking person but, but
1: also Karen I mean if you are two attackers And you manage to kill three family members Severely wound the fourth Surely you would finish off the fifth Which is Henry himself
2: Yes and his injuries were minor I mean they were not They were not anything um, Compared to the injuries sustained by the other You know the other other family members, um, and you must also look at the pathology of that crime. I mean, anyone will tell you look what what 's interesting for me is these guys, you know, from the evidence that's being presented by the state, came into that house without weapons. If the state's evidence is supported, they took a axe and they took a knife from inside the home. You know one of the domestic workers who worked there said she'd seen that that axe looked very similar to an axe that was you know where she used to fetch uh, I think it was the the, the ironing board um, so Now you have the scenario where these people come into an environment unarmed and then they access these these uh, weapons within the house on the version of the state of course Henry saying he doesn 't recognize that axe and then carry out this horrific crime which have all on a on a sort of if you had to walk into that crime scene independent of anything else that you'd seen, that is pure rage what is going on there. You know, that like personal. that is a rage, it's, it's be rage crime.
0: This is not someone who you don't axe murder someone just because you want them dead. You axe murder someone because you want them to die in a horrible way. Mm. It just seems like such a, a, a well thought through, premeditated, ugly, nasty, vicious you know, kind of. There's a motivation there. You don't attack people with an axe just because you want them dead.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really one of the most. I mean, I've done a few few axe murder um, cases, and I mean, if you look at the blood spatter evidence, um, the level of blood, the level of Ugh. trauma, you know, the postmortems, it's 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 very gruesome. And what's what's also um, important to note here is that. You know, it, it very much appear, it appears the brother was attacked in his bed while he was sleeping. So, I mean, the, the guy did not, he did not have a, a, a chance, chance. Um, to, to really, really do anything. Um, and I think that, you know, that whatever happens here, you know, if it is a, indeed a case where Henry Van Bader's guilt is, is proven and accepted by the court and he is convicted and sentenced and then no doubt goes through a whole range of appeals. I don't think we're ever going to get to a stage where we have insight into to what may have motivated this, mm. because there's this wall around this family, and I think that's part of the part of the enormous kind of um, you know interest or pull into why we want to understand this, because yeah. they're this well-to-do family. We have hints of these underlying tensions, but you know these were extremely wealthy people, extremely successful, everything going for them. And yet one night, 2015, all hell breaks loose. And we still really don't have a sense as to why.
1: Karen, what is the um, total number of charges that Henry is facing? And what kind of sentences do those charges hold? Should he be found guilty on all of them?
2: Well he's obviously um for the three murders and then um for the attempted murder of the sister and then defeating the the ends of justice because they're saying that he, you know, try to stage the crime scene to fit his version. Um under the Minimum Sentences Act, you know, if the court finds that like it's a premeditated Schedule One um attack, then you know, it's 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 life sentence unless he can show Um, substantial and compelling circumstances justifying the imposition of a, of a lesser sentence. I'm not entirely sure for defeating the ends of justice, but attempted murder, I think, is around, um, 15 years. So, um, or, or like a minimum of 10. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, yeah, it's, they're very, very, very serious, um, charges. And I think given that, you know, there were three people that were killed um and then this near fatal attack on on the young woman who my understanding is the sister is going to be living with kind of the consequences of what has happened to her for the rest of her life and i think that if there is a conviction yeah the, the state will very much raise that as a as an aggravating as an aggravating factor
0: cliffcentral.com